welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. This precious gift that was foretold centuries and centuries ago and recorded in the 15th, 16th century, you and I have received and it became a reality in our lives. Are you glad you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Has anybody... Anybody been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Has anybody spoken in other tongues, praised God in a language that no one ever taught you? <laughs> what a promise. What a promise. Thank you so much. I, I, I would just assume somebody else preached and I sat there and read and look at it. It is so good to be with you all here today in this special Sunday. I, I am so thankful for church has the revelation. You have the revelation. You understand your mission and purpose in this world. You understand why we are living. Because we are ambassadors. We are to preach this gospel to every creature. We, we aren't going to be satisfied until every creature has had opportunity to receive this gospel. Amen. 
And we'll talk about that a little more in just a little bit. But I'm not going to keep you standing a long time. Um, I know this has been a long and orders day for a lot of people that have worked both services. And uh, some of you are very weary, so I'm not going to preach long today. Sister Key, when Sister Keys hears me say that, she just says, he always says that. But it is not my intention to preach long today. And uh, we, we want to see God do some great things here in this service. I believe we can have a record in your missions giving, missions pledges today. Why not today? They're crying inflation and recession. Ignore all of that. God is still God. God holds it all in His hand. And we are His children. And He delights in doing good things for His children. And through His children. Amen. So I, I believe that this is a good day. And we could break some records right here on this day. And I, I, whatever your faith level is right now, and it, it feels like it's pretty good in this service. I, I have spent a lifetime discerning the level of faith in the congregation because it's my, my job to take it from where it is and lift it higher. It's already high today. You folks came to church expecting good things today. So if we lift it just a little place, a little bit, the, 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 the place is going to explode here today. So I, I'm excited to be here. I, I don't know why I hadn't thought of it. I'd never mentioned this, I don't think, to um, Pastor Wisnett until this morning. But I believe the first time I preached in this city was over 50 years ago. That's a long time. I know I don't look like I'm old enough to have been preaching 50 years ago, but I was. And uh, Sister Keys and I came in a little 19-foot 19, 19 travel trailer. That's, that's where we lived. We lived in that little trailer. We didn't have a... a Refrigerator. We had a we had a an ice box. Most of y'all don't know what I'm talking about when I say an ice box. That means you had to go somewhere and buy a block of ice every day so we could keep the baby's milk cold. And we did that was part of my job every day. We lived in that little trailer, but we were we were just thrilled to be a part of the work of God. It didn't matter to us. We didn't even think about the fact we were poor. In fact, it was way down the road in life before we realized we were really poor. We were very poor, but God has been good. And I was here 11 years ago. I was here last year 
or at least in in the other campus. And but what really matters is we are all here today. What really matters is now. What happens here and now? I've let out enough information for you to know that I'm not young. And so I don't jump as high as I used to jump, and I don't preach as loud as I used to preach. And the pastor was warning me today. I thought it was humorous. He said, when you get over close to these steps, please be really careful. (laughs) He's afraid I'm going to fall. And I might. But I'm not convinced that age has a lot to do with it. My son-in-law, who's uh, way younger than I am, stepped off the platform in Modesto a few months ago, and he broke his leg. So he must have not been very anointed. I need to be careful about what I say. If I break a leg today, somebody's going to say, well, it wasn't anointed. (laughs) Amen. I didn't have a chance to give my scriptures uh, to somebody today or didn't think to, but if you can, I'd like you to put Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 on the screen. Available. If not, turn in your Bibles. Proverbs chapter number 10, verse 22. It's, it's good to be with the whole Wisnet family. And believe you me, she may not spend as much time up front, but she has a lot to do with what goes on around here. What a great lady. What a great heritage. What a great example. You are blessed. You are blessed. And then um, their little girl has become our little girl. We'll have to have another time to talk about her being on the tube, pulling her behind my boat. I thought she'd take a few laps up to the end of the lake and back and up again and back. Every time we made the lap, she said, Daddy, one more time. (laughs) She kept Sister Keys and me and Pastor out there for hours. And I was tired, but she said, just one more time. So... I think I'll preach that someday. Just one more time. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and has no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And had no sorrow with it. Amen. The, the first part of that verse is great. 
but the latter part is equally as great. The riches of this world will bring you a lot of things, but it brings a lot of sorrow with it. But the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. Let's go to the Lord together and ask Him to speak to us today. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for this gathering, this gathering, this great people that have come to the house of the Lord to worship and praise and to honor You today. I pray, O oh God, that Your hand will be upon this service. I pray that You'll touch me, touch my mind. I pray, Lord, you put words in my mouth and thoughts in my heart, oh God, and we would deliver that, that you would have spoken to your people today. I consider it an honor and a privilege. Help me, bless me, anoint me, in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands, give the Lord praise. You may be seated. I'm going to speak to you for just a while, a short while today, on the subject, the blessed. The blessed. Now, that's spelled B-L-E-S-T. Most of you, if I would have asked you how to spell the word blessed, you would have spelled it B-L-E-S-S. ED, and you would have been right, but I'm right likewise. Both of these words are correct, but when you say the blessed, B-L-E-S-T, you are describing a unique, special people. Usually it's a collective group of people. And I don't know about you, but I want to belong to that collective group of people called the blessed. I'm not embarrassed to tell you, I want to be a part of a blessed people. Amen. Now, I, I don't think you would be here because of the very atmosphere of this service and of this church. You, if you were here and you enjoyed sadness and sorrow and pain and discomfort, uh, you'd probably find another church where they moan and groan a lot. But I can tell that the spirit of this church is that you are blessed. I said you are blessed. And you want to be blessed. Come on, don't be embarrassed to say, I want to be a part of the blessed. <laughs> don't think you're greedy if you say openly and declaratively, I want to be a part of the blessed. Because you see, God never goes bankrupt. And after he has blessed you, as much as you can be blessed, he's still got more to bless you with. And after he's blessed you in ways that are beyond your, your comprehension, 
after he's blessed you in ways beyond anything you expected. He's still got as much to bless you with as he did before you ever got your best first blessing. Amen. God never goes bankrupt. And after he's blessed everybody on this side of the building abundantly, and he's blessed you all in the middle here abundantly, and all of you on the right side of the building, my right side, and I hope God's right side. After he's blessed all of you, he's got as much left to bless somebody else. You're not being greedy about the blessing of the Lord because you never bankrupt God. You're never going to get all of his blessings. God's got as much to bless with as he ever had. He's abundantly blessed this church. I looked at those slides, and if I would have been a few years younger, I would have run the aisles. I don't know how you run the aisles in this church. You've got to go out and around and come back. But I, I, I would have done it if I was just a little younger. When I saw those slides, I'm telling you, when I behold the blessing of the Lord upon a people, my heart is made glad. I rejoice in the goodness of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord. Amen. I want you to be blessed. I want this church to be blessed. But I want every church to be blessed. And if, if more churches had the revelation that you have, there would be more blessing in the churches. Amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand and say, I'm one of the blessed. Spell it for them. B-L-E-S-T. You'll never become one of the blessed if you don't place proper value upon the blessing. If you get nonchalant about the blessing, if you don't put the proper value on it, don't worry, you won't get too much blessing. But when you realize that the blessing of the Lord is the greatest thing one can obtain in this lifetime. God will say, angels, right over there. Take a bucket load of blessing and pour it out on those people. Bless that church. Bless that man. Bless that woman. Give her a raise on her job. Give that gentleman a promotion on his job. Those people understand the value of the blessing. They want the blessing. They want the blessing of God more than they want the favor of men. And when, when the blessing of the Lord becomes valuable to you, when it becomes the thing that you seek after, then you want somebody to enlighten you as to how you can be blessed. There's a passage of scripture in the book of Romans, Romans uh, 13, I believe, 12 and 13, 10 and 13. Romans 10 and 13, it tells us, and this is a scripture that bothered me for a long time, because I, it says something about my God that I, 
I don't want said. But he said, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Now that's not how I picture my God. But I believe it's true. I believe the word says it, and it's true. It tells us of a particular man that God loved and his twin brother that he hated. Now, I want to know why. I want to know why God loved one and God hated the other. The reason that he loved the one was because he valued the blessing. He lived his life every single day trying to figure out how I can have a little more of the blessing of God. I want the blessing. I want the blessing. I want to be a part of the blessed. I want to be numbered amongst the blessed. If we could learn a lesson from Jacob. He, he, he was desperate. In fact, he did things that God does not approve of. He deceived his father. God does not approve of that. He lied to his father. God does not approve of that. But somehow there was something about Jacob that God loved above the things he disliked. He disliked Jacob when he lied. He disliked his lying. He disliked his deception. But he loved the fervent, red-hot desire that burned in his heart for the blessing. For the blessing. You know, the firstborn are supposed to have the blessing. And he, he, he ended up with, uh, with the blessing and he ended up with the birthright. He got them both. He came out of his mother's womb with his hand on his brother's foot. He had his little hand wrapped around his twin brother's uh, heel. And he was hanging on with everything he had. Why? 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 Because even in his mother's womb, there was a desire in this man. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Oh, it, he would not have been amongst those that said, oh, pastors brought another preacher in here to try to squeeze us for a little more money. He, he would have said, no, I'm going to listen to this preacher. He sounds like he might know something about what he's saying. And I can tell you, I do know a little bit about the blessing of the Lord, and I know how it comes. I know how you can receive it. And first of all, you got to want it. You got to desire it. You got to desire it more than anything in this world. If you're desiring the things of the world and you're desiring a claim of men and you're desiring riches of this world, you may never have the blessing of God. But if you come out of your mother's womb with a desire burning in your soul, I want the blessing of the Lord more than anything else in the world. I wake up in the morning. God bless me today. 
Bless me again today. Bless me again today. Bless me, God. I desire your blessing. If you don't have this revelation I'm talking about, or you don't concur in your spirit with this revelation I'm preaching about right now, you probably won't leave here happy today. But you'll probably leave here without having given even a sacrificial offering. But I, I, I contend that if you really understand and you really have the revelation of the value and the worth of the blessing of God, amen, He'll bless your family. He'll bless your children. He'll bless your life. He'll bless what you put your hand to do. The blessing of the Lord will be on you every day of your life if you learn to value. This brother right back here, he he believes what I'm preaching. You believe what I'm preaching, brother. You understand that to be one of the blessed... It's what it's all about. Hallelujah. 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 So you learn from Jacob that he valued the blessing. Why would God say such a thing? I love Jacob and I, I hate Esau. My mother and father we're so careful. I, I noticed you have my brother's picture in the hallway back here, your hall of faith. And you, he's my older brother. I didn't have to say that. You, you could tell that. But right now, he's in a glorified body, and he's saying, <laughs> he's saying, little brother, your feet are hurting. You got aches and you got pains. <laughs> you woke up with him this morning, and if you wake up tomorrow, you'll have him again tomorrow. But I just think I'll skip on down the streets of gold for a little while. And I'll enjoy being where I am, little brother. That was my elder brother. Three and a half years older than I. My mother and father, don't get nervous, were so very careful that they wouldn't treat one better than the other. They were very careful. They, they were too careful. They should have been a little better to me than they were to him. I deserved it. I deserved it. He's the big brother to beat up on the little brother. Not really. I was the little brother that picked on the big brother. And if the big brother retaliated, the big brother got in trouble. And I'd laugh. But they, they treated us the same. When I was five years old, I got a swim bicycle. My brother got a swim bicycle, Christmas time. Identical. Painted the same color, 
I didn't like it because he got a 24-inch and I got a 20-inch. I couldn't calculate in my mind that he was three and a half years older than I was, and I was only five years old, and I couldn't handle a 24-inch. I just didn't like him having a bigger one. But they did as much as they could to make sure they did equal for all of us. And here comes my God. I, I was raised that way. I was raised that that's the right way to be. And here I'm reading this Bible, and God says, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. I, I, it bothers me when God says of somebody he hated them. There's a couple of places in the Scripture that I find where God was very despising of certain things. One time he called the children of Israel who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. He called that time a provocation. That means you provoke God. Because you wouldn't receive the blessing. You wouldn't hear the report of the spies that came back with the message of faith. You wouldn't receive their message and you said we'll just stay over here. On this side of the Jordan. When you did that, you provoked your God. Because God was saying in his, his great, amazing mind, don't you know how big I am? Don't you know your enemy is no threat to me? Don't you know when I said I'll give you the land of Canaan, the land that flows with milk and honey, I'll do just what I said and nobody will stop me. Would you dig your heels in and say, well, I don't know if God can do that. We'll just stay over here and be saved. God got upset and he called it the provocation. They provoked God in the wilderness. And then he hated, he hated Esau. Why? Because Esau trivialized the blessing of the Lord. It wasn't valuable enough to Esau. He, he sold the birthright for a bowl of pottage. He came in and was hungry. He came in from the field and he was hungry. And he smelled that soup, that good soup that, or stew that Jacob was cooking. And he said, oh, my, I'm, a, I'm so hungry. I think I'm going to die. Give me some of that soup. Give me some pottage. Jacob, being his devious self that he was, he said, oh, I'll give you your birthright. I'll give you the pottage, but you give me your birthright. Can you believe that Esau valued the blessing of the Lord so little that he sold that birthright for a bowl of stew? Now, if that's how you see the blessing of the Lord, you don't have to worry. You're not going to get much of it. 
In fact, you'll fall over in Esau's category. If you don't value the blessing of the Lord, God will hate you. You say, how could God do that? Well, you have to understand how precious, how glorious, how marvelous, how wondrous the blessing of the Lord is. What a treasure, what a treasure the blessing of the Lord is. And say, God, I want it, I want it, I want it. I won't sell it for a bowl of pottage. I won't sell it for anything the world has to offer. I won't sell it for riches nor fame because it's the most important thing in my life. Amen. God reminded us as his New Testament people, he, he said, you need to be careful because remember, I cut off the wild branches. I cut them off. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't value what I had for them. They didn't understand what I wanted to do for them. Amen. And he said, if I cut them off, I will cut you off. You just sit back there and think on Sacrifice Sunday. I, 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 I'm going to let all those other people just do what they want to do, but I'm going to keep what I got to myself. And I'm not going to be listening to the Lord very closely today because I, I, like what, I like what's in my pocket. I like what's in my bank account. I like what I've got saved of it. And that's fine. You, you listen to God is all I've got to say and do what he tells you to do. But I tell you this from experience. You won't get through life. You won't get through your time living for God without Him asking for everything you have. This is Bible, friend. I'm preaching you the truth. God, at some point in your life, God's going to say, I want it all. If you're going to be one of his children, if you're going to have, if he's going to invest his blessing in you, there's going to be a place somewhere, somehow that the Holy Ghost says, this is the day. This is the day. You've been saving a long time, but I want it all. You say, why would God ever do that? Because because if he knows if and when you do, he'll restore it back to you tenfold, a hundredfold. I remember, I remember, Pastor, one point in pastoring there in Modesto, it was early on, and we were needing to get out of the little building that we were in. We needed a large place to worship. And Brother Carter was our president. That was before any of you, you remember President Carter. Yeah. And he brought on inflation. And so I got all my plans ready. I got everything ready to build a nice church. 
And I went down to the bank. I said, now, I need to borrow some money to build this church. They said, well, Pastor, that's good, but we need you to understand it's going to be 21% interest. We're headed there. Hang on. Everything goes around and comes around. It, I saw some fellas wearing bell-bottom pants the other day. And I said, I remember when. I remember when. Yeah. yeah. I was hippie age, you know. I was a teenager in the hippie age. And I'm not going to tell you any more about that. Amen. But during that season, God worked some miracles, and we ended up acquiring property that we could assume the note on, and the note was like 6 and 7%. Amen. And it's, it's, it's where they're still having church right, right now on this Sunday. Amen. It'll seat about 1,500 people. You, you know, it's all the parking that's... Right off the freeway, it's blessing of the Lord, amen. But during that time, we we told the church we need some we need some startup money. The bank gonna hold, they're gonna loan us eighty percent, but we got to come up with twenty percent. So we need to get twenty percent at least to get started. And the Lord spoke to me now. I had pastored a few years, and this was my third church, and was to be the last church I pastored, almost 40 years, or over 40 years. And I, the Lord said, you know, I'd pastored little churches. I remember the day we'd have given anything in the world to have a church like this. My wife and I, we had a little garage to have church in. We had 12 people counting the kids on our first Sunday. And that's where we started. And that was back in the day. I don't know if they still do it, but they they had food stamps. We had some precious saints that paid tithe on their food stamps. And so we were able to buy a little food. And that's how we got by. I could tell a lot about that, but I know what it's like to have nothing. I, I've been there. And, and I was getting to the place in my ministry where, you know, there was some nice tithers in the church. The church was growing, and I, I was blessed as a pastor. My salary went up, and, and things were good. But when I said we got to raise that 20%. God said, yes, and you're going to start. And I said, well, God, how much do you want me to give? I haven't, I haven't got a lot. He said, everything. I said, but God, some of the men just bought me that 55 Bel Air Chevrolet which was identical to the first car I ever owned. It's turquoise and white with the bright, wide white wall tires. And, you know, I, I was 
I'd get out there like I was a teenager again, and I'd I'd polish that car, and I'd clean that car, and I was I was I loved that car too much. I said, "What God? How about the Chevy? That too." I emptied out every account I had, which wasn't a lot. Sold a Chevy. I sold my shotguns. I sold everything I had because I am a believer that God is going to give you a chance to prove somewhere in your walk with him, will you give it all up for him? Now, I'm making some people nervous, and, and you're probably going to be fortunate. The Lord's not going to ask that of you, and if he doesn't, then, then don't worry about it. But if he does, if there's somebody here that he does, and you want to be blessed, you better do what he asked you to do. Boy, you were shouting more when I started preaching today. Where did you go? I'm not saying he's going to ask that of you, but if he does. So I go on down through life, and that building's not big enough, and we need to expand it, and, and, and the church is growing, and I'm saving, and my wife and I are living in a two-story house. My goodness, we, were, we came from, from the 19-foot travel trailer to... Nice two-floor uh, two uh, two house and two-story house. And, and all things were nice. And I even had a Mercedes at that time. That's, that's what I got. I mean, I didn't make a deal with God. You, you take what I got, and then I want this on my list. You give back to me. I just waited. And it all came. And more came. And I had more than I had before I gave it all. Are you still with me? Maybe it's maybe all you've got is a recliner that you love more than you love life itself. It's a nice reclining chair. God may say, put it in the yard sale. Just do what he says. Do what he says. Do you believe the Lord speaks to us? You know how God speaks to you. If you've lived for God any while at all, you have learned how God speaks to you. And do what he says. Do what he says. But I got all that, got my Mercedes. I think Sister Keys had a new Jeep Cherokee. Oh, we were doing fine. We worked hard. We were working hard in the church. And uh, and I, I people got to know me, and good things were happening in my ministry, and I was preaching more camp meetings than I had time to get on the schedule, and just all kind of good things. And we got ready for this second building program, and I introduced to the church what we wanted to do and how much money we need to raise, and and he said it's going to start with you. I said, oh, God, that started with me last time. 
He's going to start with you on this one too. How much do you want, God? You want 10,000? I could probably swing that. That's not enough. I'm not hearing an answer, God. 20,000? Nothing? I can't hear you say, God. What, what, what do you want? I want everything. I don't believe you're going to get from the point of your salvation to the day of your rapture or till you leave this world by way of the grave. I don't think you're going to make that journey without somewhere in your life showing to God, demonstrating to God. Check it all. He means everything to you. His favor and his blessing means more to you than anything else in this world. I don't know what you thought you were going to hear this morning, but you came to hear a preacher that believes, that believes this Bible from cover to cover. And I, I've lived it from cover to cover. And God keeps his word. God keeps his word. If you love him and love his blessings, amen, amen. I, I got so much I could preach about. I wanted to preach a while today about why the devil hates you. You know, why the devil hates you? It's because you have the place in the kingdom that he used to have. Amen. But he didn't value it. He didn't value it, and so God kicked him out of heaven. You don't value the things of God. Don't expect much to come back from God. God said, I don't have any place around here for someone like you that despises the good things of God. Amen. He told a bunch of folks one time that got upset because the saints of God were crying out praises and waving palm branches and in the air, and, and they were all excited about Jesus coming to town. And, and they went to Jesus and said, tell them to be quiet. This is not appropriate. This is not the way we have church. Get them to be quiet. He said, if you want these people to get quiet, the very rock are going to cry out. I tell you, if you don't value the blessing of the Lord, somebody will. Somebody will. If you're, if you're not willing to do anything to keep yourself in alignment with the blessing, amen, if you're not willing to do that, God will say, step aside. I got some rocks over here. They may not look like much. Amen. They, they just like, look like hard, hard heads. But I'm telling you, they'll cry out. If you don't want it, the very rocks will cry out. Amen. Let me just tell you a couple of quick experiences, and I'll be finished. Young boy came into our church years ago, maybe 30 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, but quite some time. He came in, he was 
a teenager, 16, 17 years old. Some of you may have met him. If you see him around in a conference somewhere or something, you'll think, oh, this guy's he's, he's been in Pentecost forever. He's, he's an apostolic from head to toe. He's an African-American young man. And when he came to church, he, he was caught up in all the drug scene. Talking about back in the 80s and 70s, 80s, I would suppose. And, and he was very popular in town by that point by being a DJ. Now, all the big parties, they would have him do whatever a DJ does. I, I never figured out what a DJ does. He messes with the music somehow. He just does things to the vinyl. But he had got, he was, had an ear for music and oh, he can sing the old hymns in such a beautiful way. But he, he was gifted with music and he was gifted in other ways. Gifted with his hands. He was a craftsman. He didn't know it at that time at 17 years old. He didn't know. He had come from 16 different foster homes. He had been molested. He had been abused. He had been shuffled from one home to the other and bullied and all the things that goes along with that life. He, he would be a little while in one home and they'd kick him out and send him down to another one. Somehow he got emancipated by 17. I don't know. He might have just run away. But he found the church. He found the church. Oh, when he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night, his face lit up like an angel. His face shined with the glory of God. And he talked in tongues and talked in tongues. And after a little while, somebody said, Jeremiah, you need to get baptized in Jesus' name. He said, well, where would I go? He said, right over there in the baptistry. 